Well, happy holidays, Wichita. Welcome to Council Chat. I am Councilmember Brian Fry, and with me today is Councilmember Becky Tuttle. Happy How are you? holidays. I'm doing great. So glad it's Friday. It is. And I realized this is the last Friday I'll be working before the holidays because I will be taking off next week to go see my family oh, in nice. Iowa. So um, this week was long but fast. It was, yeah, so yeah. it was a very hectic week. There's always so much going on at the end of the year. While the business is kind of winding down, but activities and celebrations gear up. Yeah, so. and, but we still have work to do as, we do as a council. And so looking at next week's agenda, you know, we have our normal board of bids and, and uh, public improvements that we have pretty much every meeting. Yep, we do. Um, but we also have, we're going to revisit a proposed ordinance creating a code related to retaliatory evictions. Now, we heard this in workshop back in August, brought it to us in November. We asked that it go back to all of our district advisory boards to make sure that we're getting good public input. Mm -hmm. um, staff needs some time to recap all the comments that they heard, and so um, they're asking us to delay this uh, until January. So it was interesting, and I kind of made myself a mental note when I heard that it was going to be moved to January 2nd of 2024. I realized it was the first time I've written 2024. So here we go. Right. Right? Year's almost over. Very nice. Um, and then also in District 3, we're going to be looking at issuing IRBs for Fairbank Equipment. They are a distributor of agricultural-related products and equipment. Uh, they're wanting to build a 40,000 square foot building that's valued at about $7.3 million. Um, again, this would allow them a sales tax exemption on construction materials related to the building and then a five-year plus five-year property tax abatement on the land. Um, it's got a 3.03 to 1 return on investment, which far exceeds our requirement of a 1.3. So that's great. Five new employees at like almost 80,000 a year. Mm -hmm. So it's a good success story for them and for District 3. Yeah, fantastic. Um, in District 1, we're going to be discussing a development agreement with Douglas Market Development. Uh, they are requesting modifications to the previous agreement based on construction challenges and then also the need to repurpose a surface lot. Um, we first approved this on November 22nd of 2019, my first yeah. year on council, and it's for four different buildings downtown. And we've seen a couple of them come to fruition, mm -hmm. but they are just requesting another extension or an amendment to the development agreement, if you will, so that they can continue their last projects. But um, we've seen WSU's niche, which is the culinary school, and in the former Henry's building, and then also the DO school. The two buildings. Yep, two to. of the four are um, coming, have been completed. And so, am I getting it right? Three of the five. Three of the five. No, I got it all wrong, <laughs> <laughs> but really close. Thank yeah. you. The math wasn't mathing for me. But, um, yeah, so they're asking for an extension. So we'll have a – I bet there will be some robust discussion on this one. Yeah, yeah. you know, the one is the hotel yep. at the corner. That's – again, this would be the third extension. Um, and our hotel inventory is, is doing very well in downtown yes. right now. So it's definitely needed. Yes. Um, and then the, the fifth building is the student housing that's on the old Sutton yep. building. So uh, definitely need those. 
The next thing that we're going to be looking at is some business regulation changes. We did a workshop on this mm -hmm. a few, I guess it was last month, yep. and it was super interesting to me to know some of the regulations or licenses that we have within <laughs> our city that we weren't even aware of, or maybe just I wasn't even aware of. But there's 15 different licenses that we'll be looking at, and it's everything from clairvoyance and fortune tellers to penny arcades, theaters and shows, um, laundromats, so at limousines. So it'll be an opportunity just to kind of clean things up. This was a partnership with our legal department and then also police department. Yeah. And so I think I, I'm always for any time that we can make government easier, easier to do business. So hopefully this will be beneficial. And many of these licenses we learned during the workshop, people weren't even aware of them, so they weren't even right. applying for them. So there's very little revenue loss for this project. Right. It's also how people interact with our departments. Yep. Cleans up a lot of the language that it's very simplified on who you go to and what you do. Uh, language related to this uh, requirement for security. Yep. Instead of a minimum number of, of officers, now you'll have to file a security plan, very much like what we do now with the drinking establishments. Yes. So trying to mirror what we already have in place without being redundant, try to simplify things. Again, uh, clear the red tape and yep. roll out the red carpet, right? Yep. Um, I, you know, I could have told you this was all coming, but I, di I didn't have a business license <laughs> for it. So <laughs> to be a fortune teller, clairvoyant, <laughs> absolutely. Um, we'll also consider the long-awaited tree policy. This proposed policy provides measures to help establish a healthy, diverse, and equitable tree canopy, which will combat the heat island effect and improve citizen health. Um, you know, this has been to the park board. It's been to all of our district advisory boards. There's been a lot of civic engagement. Uh, this is only related to city-owned trees, yes. uh, right-of-way, uh, city parks. It is not related to any private property or commercial property. This is just on city-owned land. But it's the whole idea is really not only to have a policy in place on what, how do we handle our tree canopy, but also how do we improve the communication between citizens, developers, um, you know, and everyone that has an interest in trees, right? So that they know what we're doing, getting ahead of it. And so that way we're just not cutting down trees and people are going, what are you doing? Yep. You know, to try to have some policy in place. Really, as it, we've seen the effects the drought has had on our tree canopy. We lose more trees each year than we're able to plant. And just trying to take better care of that uh, infrastructure. I was pleasantly surprised how not only my dad was interested in this, but I also had community members oh, yeah. who came to my district advisory board meeting to talk about this. And then right. I've had quite a few community members reach out. So this is something that's really important to people, and I'm, and I'm glad for that, yep. that they know that they can come and, and their voices will be heard. Yep. Uh, a project that we have both been working on, uh, the BNR facility, which is Biological Nutrient Removal, or a fancy way of saying wastewater. Yes. Um, and then another long phrase here, supervisory control and data acquisition <laughs> systems development and programs. Basically what that means is that is the equipment to control, monitor, and operate the treatment plant. Yes. So it's all of that back, back office stuff and to um, be able to make sure that everything's working right and all the systems are go. And so we had a, a staff screening and selection committee. We interviewed three proposals. Um, and it, we awarded a contract to CDM Smith to operate this aspect of the plan. It's about a $6 million contract. And this would uh, be the 
final action to approve that contract. So right before council chat, council member Fry and the other council members and our mayor were in agenda review, which we do every week on Friday before council meeting. And we also had our monthly director's report. Mm -hmm. And it was from Gary Jansen, who's our awesome director of public works and utilities. And we talked about and got an update about the water treatment plant yeah. and BNR. And one thing that I always tout is that between the two projects, it's almost a billion dollars worth, worth of infrastructure that we were fortunate to get amazing loans from the state and from the, yep, yep. The, from the federal government so that it's not going to greatly impact our water rates, which is important not only for our residents, but then also to attract business and mm -hmm. industry. But these are generational projects. Oh, absolutely. And when we look at two of these projects at the same time, communities across the nation would be envious to have one. Right. And we have both going on at the same well, time. And, and you mentioned the financial component. We've seen from our peer cities double-digit increases annually yes. on their water and sewer rates. And we've been able to manage it below five. Um, and for the next few years, um, we're even projecting out lesser than that. Yes. So it's... Um, a lot of eyes and ears watching these projects and, and doing very good due diligence and making sure we're getting the best value for our residents. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's an awesome time to see. And again, generational. When you go to the current water treatment plant and there's a plaque that it was dedicated under Franklin Delano Roosevelt, <laughs> Boy, it's, it's time to maybe invest in your water treatment facility. Well, so. and I think sometimes people don't remember, too, that this is certainly important, This the BNR, for everyone in the community, but for our residents south of Kellogg. Oh, yeah. Some of my district, but mostly in District 3, there's significant odor. Right. Um, and sometimes it's, you know, it seems like just a nuisance or an inconvenience, but, um, you know, it can interrupt people's... Um, family activities if they're outside different things and so this is one of the steps that we're taking right. you know the BNR is to make sure that we have more odor control and I applaud council member, member Hoheisel because for other parts of the city that don't always remember that he has truly been a champion of reminding right. us well I mean it's a it's a quality of life exactly. issue for sure it's a community pride issue yes. when you have visitors and tourists and we do have tourists that come to Wichita uh, from the south. Absolutely. And that's what they are faced with when they first drive into town. Absolutely. That's not very inviting. Yeah. Um, and it really is off-putting. And so this project will eliminate 99% of that odor, which that's fantastic. That is fantastic. Right? So Great project. It's uh, still a lot of work to be done. Yes. It's not going to get fixed overnight, but it is in progress. We're working on it. And this is it. a significant step. Um, one of the final things that we get to do each year is our salary ordinance. Uh, looking forward to 2024 so that our employees are compensated right, rightly. Um, you know, it's a very competitive market. Uh, every industry is faced with worker shortages and making sure you're taking care of your people is part of that, um, especially when we're in the service business. Right? That's what we do. We're providing service to our neighbors and our residents, and so we got to provide high quality because that's what they're expecting. And so we have to make sure that we're attracting and retaining quality staff. Um, and so part of that strategy is, you know, implementing um, increases, not only just on a cost of living, but then also on step or merit increases. Now, we have contracts with union employees mm -hmm. that uh, there's already uh, established rates for that. Um, and then, but then the non-union employees are also getting bumps, increases. So it's an important due um, so that 24 of the employees know what they're going to be getting on, the, on their paychecks. So. Yeah.
excited for that one. Um, next, the city of, of Wichita Municipal Court is seeing an unprecedented number of people in treatment due to the fentanyl crisis. Um, I think that's is certainly an issue that not only Wichita but across the state and the nation are dealing with. Um, I have the privilege of serving on the Mental Health and Substance Abuse Coalition Board and get firsthand accounts from Sheriff Easter and from District Attorney um, Mark Bennett and it's it's really staggering not just for here in Wichita like I said but across our state and nation and at the December 14th 1999 council meeting they set guidelines for the use and administration of a special <laughs> alcohol and drug prevention fund designated for alcohol and substance abuse prevention and treatment and so we're going to be revisiting revisit this item on Tuesday um, the recommended contract amends its is an amendment to increase the number of defendants to 60 for an approved maximum of 400 about four hundred thousand dollars including retroactive payment um, for the additional resources used so this is just one more way that we can help address the substance abuse and and mental health right. it, um, crisis really if you will that then also leads to homelessness and lots of other things so be excited to learn more about this um, Nathan ever Emery who is with our municipal court is just an amazing thinker and and I'll be excited to learn more from him about this item so we established it in 99 you then did. we revised it modified it in 05 yep and nothing since and looks like in October 22 we approved 240,000 right. for the implementation so, so yeah Good to, but good to revisit it, <laughs> right? that's for sure. Um, then we're also making adjustments to the end of the year budget, um, including shifting some ARPA funding, requesting, a, uh, excuse me, adjusting for a higher than expected electric costs, higher maintenance costs for transit and more. And then we're also going to be looking at our 2024 insurance program to protect our city assets and our employees. The nice thing is we're in a good budget position we right are. now. So we do have a surplus due to higher than expected earnings and interest, uh, staff vacancies. Um, so we, we're not dipping into any reserves. We're using surplus right now. I think it's so. about $11.7 million that we're going to be adjusting through this agenda item. Well, that's on the ARPA funding. That's yes. just, yes. Just on the, the ARPA. Just yeah. on the ARPA funding. So, so. Um, then finally, well, not finally, we still have a couple more things to talk about. It's a big agenda. Yeah, it is. It's 12 items, yeah. I believe. Um, we're considering awarding grants to 10 artist applicants as part of the 2024 Artist Access Cultural Funding Allocation Recommendations and Cultural Institution Operating Partnership Agreements. It's like a motion right there. That so is a motion long. right there. Um, so basically, each artist receives funding um, to provide the city with the results of the goals detailed in their grant application. You know, and I'm not going to list all 10 artist names. I would butcher some of these, and that's not <laughs> fair to them. But, you know, art and design is such an important part of a city's identity. Yeah. Um, it's really what makes the community vibrant and exciting when you can go and see whether it's murals or sculpture pieces or just good design. Yeah. Um, you know, that's part of the quality of life and taking pride in your community. Last night, we were able to uh, unveil a new piece of public art at the Wichita Waterworks facility, and it's, it's gorgeous. It's stainless steel with LED lighting, and it's got cutouts, and it, it's just really, uh, and it's the ebb and flow of water from uh, generation all the way to how it gets into our rivers and streams. And so 
It's a pretty neat element. We've got three pieces coming for the water treatment facility, and this is the first of three. So, again, just uh, adding to the vibrancy of our of our community. I'm a huge champion for the arts. I tell people the visual and performing arts. I'm a huge advocate, mostly because I have no yep. talent of my own. So I want to um, thank all the artists in yep. our community who share their talent with us. But I also have the privilege of serving on the Arts Council board. And one of the things that we really try and do is just remind the community that arts are not a nicety, they are a necessity. Oh, absolutely. And I had a meeting with the C-suite at one of our anchor industries a few months ago. And I said, what can the city of Wichita do? I'm sure you're being recruited every day by other cities and of course they want you know talented um, workforce the skilled workforce they want low taxes they want you know a less expensive water all the things but they said quality of life oh, yes. because they can bring people here for jobs but they have to have people stay for jobs mm -hmm. and so art truly is one of the ways that makes our community more vibrant yeah. and again i think you see the change and the pride in the community with the addition of all the downtown murals yep. and some of the streetscaping elements that we put in place, uh, the increased vibrancy of our parks. I mean, all that adds to that quality of life. And we are, I think, a community that really not only values the arts, but we also invest in the arts. Mm -hmm. um, recently, I was speaking with someone and they came to visit for a business trip from Canada and they could not believe how beautiful East Kellogg was, that we invested as a city in the art elements along a, a highway and they were just super impressed and they made the comment that you, know, you can tell that Wichita really cares about the arts. That was great. Well that was definitely a change. Uh, didn't used to be that way and we had a city manager at the time, Chris Churches, who believed in that. Yes. And you can see public infrastructure projects that had that element built into it and others that didn't. East Kellogg was a great example of where it did get it. Yes. Other parts of the community we still struggle with that, and so we hope to see more of that. Um, then one of our last agenda items is our annual municipal court judge evaluations. We have five, and this is something that we do annually as well. And again, it's all part of how they treat the, the folks in the courtroom. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, well, not only the defendants, but also then the lawyers. Absolutely. Them. So it's, it's a very robust evaluation. So, um, so a lengthy agenda. Yep. Um, as we close out the year, but uh, we mentioned at the beginning of council chat, winter activities, if, other than travel, feels like just a lot of holiday parties and too much eating, yes, too much I, eggnog. I was actually thinking that, you know, this is a very robust agenda and on the weekends is usually when most of us try and get through our agenda packet so that we're coming to work on Monday and we can ask staff questions if we need to and then, you know, go into the meeting on Tuesday and be able to serve our, our community well by being prepared. And I was thinking, I don't know how I'm going to squeeze reading the agenda packet into the eight activities that I have right. this weekend. And, and, <laughs> so and gonna, Christmas shopping. Yes, I, I still need to do right. some of that. And, um, yeah, so tis the season. I feel like it kind of snuck up on me. Yeah. I don't know how, but I'm certainly enjoying it. I'm having a great time and just lots of lots of ways to interact with people, lots of different events with different groups of friends or different, you know, work commitments. But um, it's just a great holiday season. Yeah, I'm envisioning gift cards. It's probably going to be the <laughs> easiest thing for me to do this year. So, And I was thinking maybe not all Christmas cards will get out. Some people just might get a text this year. Right. <laughs> so. How, could we change it to just Happy New Year cards? And that way you have an entire month to get those out. Do you know one time um, I missed cards, Christmas cards, holiday cards, because of some personal things. And so I sent everyone Valentine's Day cards. And mm. people really appreciated it and they liked it. So it was something different. So it, don't feel guilty if you can't get your holiday cards out. You can just celebrate another holiday. 
All right. Well, so we built up. Surprise so question. Hey, We're trying to delay the surprise question. It flashed on the screen. I don't oh, know if I you didn't saw see. It. I, I saw that, I but I didn't see what bit, it was. So roll it out. Let's okay. see what it is. A real life version of Jurassic Park or Independence Day. So remind me, an I know Jurassic aliens. Park, aliens. They came to attack Earth and take over. So yeah. I'd have to say Jurassic Park. I'd go with Jurassic Park, too, because I feel like there could be a chance I could make friends with the big dinosaurs and they wouldn't eat me. Well, no, because they, they would just, like, that's all I got, their little arms. That's cute. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I don't think I'd have any way to survive with the aliens. They seem well, even yeah. more angry. I mean, first off, yeah, we don't know their true motive. Yeah. I mean, dinosaurs just want to eat. Right? That, that's true. So... That was a pretty good question. Thank you. Appreciate it. I was expecting something holiday-ish. I was, too. So yeah, that I one took me up. I thought it was going to be is, is Die Hard a Christmas movie. We've had that discussion already, but I, I thought it was going to be a holiday. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So too. what's your favorite Christmas carol? Oh, my goodness. That caught me off guard. Um, hmm. I don't know. I haven't thought about that in a while. I mean, you got the old traditional favorites, right? Like the Bing Crosby yeah. and the... Dean Martin and White Christmas, White Christmas, right? Yeah. Those, and then you've got the more modern versions like Straight No Chaser. I don't know if you're familiar with them, but they do a lot of fun takes on Christmas carols. You know, I still love some of the old uh, Peanuts Christmas carols. Yeah. You know, and you got the Mannheim Steamroller, um, but I don't remember the last time I sang a Christmas carol. And no, I'm not going to. <laughs> Sounds like a challenge. <laughs> I'll wear a funny Christmas suit, but I'm not singing a Christmas carol. Awesome. Oh, and I do want to thank you for that. Um, Councilmember Fry has been very active in our community with the Salvation Army and the Red Kettle, and you do it every year, and you stand out there in the cold and the <laughs> rain and the wind and, you know, the snow if we get it, whatever we have. And um, the Salvation Army is such a great organization yes. that serves some of our most vulnerable in Wichita. So thank you for doing that. Oh, you, you represent the city well. We appreciate no, it. I enjoy it, and I debuted a new suit this year. Awesome. And uh, I've got two shifts on Saturday, so looking forward to it. Hopefully okay. the weather cooperates. Yeah, but so too. Salvation Army does an amazing job with, um, and very efficient with their money. Yeah. And that's what I think is the most compelling part of Absolutely. it. Absolutely. And it's uh, so. Want to close it out? I sure do. Thank you, everyone, for joining us today. We appreciate it and hope you have a safe and happy weekend and hopefully get to fit in all of your holiday activities. And thank you for being here, um, Mr. Fry. Appreciate it, Councilmember Fry. Be sure to subscribe and follow on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Have a great weekend, Wichita.